The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, is the great, the talented, the wonderful, the busy Michelle Yu. Michelle, always good to have you. BK. What's BK. Up? <laughs> What's happening? What a crazy uh, week in, in horse racing. We have a great guest today. His name is George Russell. He and his wife Karen. We're going to find all about all about them and their thoroughbred Russell farm. Russell Farm. Russell Wood Farm and Papa Cap, who just finished third. I'm, I don't want to go over our three things of note, Michelle, because I imagine that that's the first big Derby prep that we're going to talk about. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, let's just get to it. No one wants to hear okay. us talk. Let's get right to the uh, the the three things of note People that we're looking to hear us talk. We're still looking for sponsors. Um, we're going to have one soon. Uh, we had a great meeting with our uh, in the money media uh, peeps over the over the week, and uh, we're doing some fun stuff on the show. So, um, but let's just get the three things of note, and let's talk Lacan. Okay, so uh, the first thing would be just a big day at the fairgrounds in general, the Lacan, obviously on the Kentucky Derby Trail, and Epicenter was taking a lot of play. Papa Cap was coming in off a runner-up effort in. Southern California, but they were both beaten by Call Me Midnight, who I don't think anyone thought was going to win that race. Did well, you? He was 28 to 1. Uh, James Graham for Kent DeSormo and owner Peter L. Cantrell. The breeder was Hartwell mm-hmm. Farm. Uh, this is a son of Midnight Loot out of a first defense mare. And yeah, no, I, really, I that's did. like sprinty pedigree right How there. How could you right? see this horse coming? No, but they, you know, they went fast. And and at the it was epicenter in front for most of the race. Papa Cap kind of tracking. Papa Cap came through on the inside. Bravo versus Rosario. And then Jimmy Graham, the preacher, just picked them all up late. Yeah, we were uh, actually Zoe was screaming for him because she just loves Jimmy Graham. And we were watching and she was like, that's Jimmy Graham. Go, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> the preacher. The preacher. I've never heard that before. He's the I preacher. Jim Bolden was the preacher. No, James Graham is the preacher. Anyway, oh, uh, welcome to the Derby Trail. Call me midnight. Good efforts from Epicenter and Papa Cap. I don't think any either of them ran, you know, uh, poorly or took them off the trail or anything like that. And I, I, you know, I read something on Twitter the other day, Michelle, about the Derby, and I kind of tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't have the the Derby feel right now that there's like some really exciting horses maybe it's because of this whole Baffert thing I don't know but it's kind of strange am I are you Mm -hmm. feeling that too well yeah I think it's because like when you look at last year the two-year-old right before the Breeders' Cup we ended up losing Jack Christopher we lost Rattle and Roll sure and then obviously Corniche wins um and then like you said, the whole Baffert thing. So we have all these good Baffert horses that have debuted and won or won stakes, but now they're, they don't get derby points because they're not supposed to be at Churchill and all this shenanigans. So then usually you have like kind of a West Coast clear cut group right. there. Right. And all of a sudden you're ixing all of them, right? Yeah, and it's just a little obviously odd. Obviously Baffert won the sham and then you can't count that horse either. Um, but, you know, we're just now getting into this three-year-old season when we can start to see some of these horses um, – maybe stepping up and and doing some good. I agree. I agree. All right. Another big race at the fairgrounds that day was the return of Mandaloon. Michelle, did you Mm -hmm. get to watch that race? I did not watch the Louisiana stakes, which was Mandaloon and our perennial bridesmaid midnight bourbon. Yeah. The perennial bridesmaid is right because he perennially bridesmaid it again. (laughs) 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 Is that even English? (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, Mandaloon, uh, looked, he looked good. He, you know, he did what he always does and grinds it out. And, uh, I think they're both being pointed for Dubai or Saudi. What is it? Saudi Mandaloon. They were talking about Saudi. Yeah. Um, for him. Okay. Which obviously it makes a lot of sense. Judd Mont, Mont, Mm -hmm. Brad Cox, who's had such a rough, had such a rough year last year. (laughs) 
Um, well, he did win in Saudi, so... <laughs> yeah, I feel, ba- I feel badly for Brad Cox because he has no good horses. Um, anyway, uh, so that was another big race at the fairgrounds. Michelle, what else are we talking about here on the owner's box? Okay, so looking into, again, our three things of note, the uh, second thing of note that I wanted to mention was just that this upcoming weekend is a huge weekend in racing, and it's the Pegasus World Cup. And it's also the NHC championship. So it's like a Shouldn't those crazy... be two things? Yeah, I guess, but they're on the same weekend. Okay. We can make two things. I think we should make it two things because okay, I think they're things. both really okay. cool. So first of so all, the, the Pegasus. Is, is Pegasus. Yeah, the Pegasus is going to be an amazing race. It's Nick's go versus life is good. It's uh, uh, it, it's just going to be awesome. Nick's, Nick's I mean, go drew is the that rail. Is going to be like Send City from, from go? I think so. I mean, I see. I mean, Nick's go. What does he have to do? For, he's he's on the rail and he's the fastest horse right. in the world. Uh, well, other than no, no, life no, is good. No, no, wait, wait. Life is good. Technically, can go faster. I, it's going to be a really tactical race. Um, Rosario is on uh, Nick's go, and who rides? Who rides? Life is good, Michelle. Uh, I don't know who rides. Life is good. Is I'm it Johnny ask, V? I'm asking you. I don't know. I don't pay attention oh, to that kind of mini Christmas. I. I can tell you How who do we not owns know that? horses. I'm embarrassed. I can tell you who owns horses, but I can't tell you who rides them. <laughs> Riders I... change so often; it's very hard to uh, <clears throat> to know that. I'm looking right now. So I'm keep talking. Right so now. who do you like? It's Ortiz. I oh, read Ortiz. I read. Okay, I read on Life Is Good. Of course, <clears throat> we should have known that. Um, I'll cut that from this this whole podcast. But I know I'm not. But uh, all right, Michelle. So I'm going to put gun to your head. Who do you have? Life is good. Okay. You just feel like he can stalk? Or do you think uh, I he think just he's goes faster. head and head? Or do you, think, you think he takes the lead? I think, I think he's faster. You know what? I'll tell you what it is about Life is Good. I I feel like he has just made a lot of leaps and bounds and progression, and he looks great. And nothing against Nick's go. He had a fantastic year last year. I did vote for him for top older male. I did vote for him for Horse of the Year because he won the Breeders' Cup. Like in the Breeders' Cup, for example. Um, yeah, got an easy no lead. one went with him. All right. And I feel like there's other horses that could have gone with him, and just no one did, and it bugs me. It bugs you. So and your like voice went really high there, that, too. Right? All right, so what yeah, should we that's... bet? So if, if Life is Good wins, you get a bottle of, of, uh, of champagne. champagne. And okay. if Nick's Good, Nick's Good, Nick's Go wins. Yeah, if Nick's Good wins, Nick's Billy. Good. <laughs> Nick's, that's the combo of them, Nick's Good. Right. Uh, if Nick's Go wins, I get a bottle of bourbon. Okay. All right. Well, it depends. What kind, as long as you're not telling me like a thousand dollar bottle. Oh yeah, no, it's a thousand dollar bottle. Whatever the cost of your bottle of champagne is, that's what I get. Okay, that's fair. Okay, fair. Bet. Yep, fair. Shake on okay. it. All right, big Shake day. On it. Uh, there's also great racing that day. Um, at yeah, Gold it's Street. the La Provence. La, uh, I can't ever say it. Provence. The William McKnight. <laughs> The inside information, like the Pegasus World Cup Philly of Mare Turf, the Fred Hooper, and the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational. That race is going to be fun, right? I think so. Uh, do you give uh, – listen, we're homers. Uh, we're obviously very good friends with uh, Christina Olive, uh, Christina Blacker, who – Dan mm-hmm. Blacker has hit the road, who is 8-1 to one on the morning line. Do you think – I'm going to ask a two-pronged did question. They, how they, well, first of all, how do they end up getting him out there? They got him on the FedEx flight. Okay, so FedEx found a pilot for them. Great. I guess okay. I don't. I didn't read the article, but the, he's there. I saw videos on Twitter. So hit the road um, has never gone a mile and an eighth, uh, but he's very fast. He's very sharp. He's missed a bunch of races due to a little illness here or this or that. So it'll be interesting. Do you think hit the road? Tyler Gaffleyon rides for our good friends at uh, Radley and DK Racing. Um, what do you think, Michelle? Does hit the, can hit the road compete with these? Um, yeah, I think when you look through the horses here, with the exception of Colonel Liam, who is obviously an extremely classy individual, sure. you have a lot of horses like we tend to see in Florida Stakes that are allowance horses um, that jump up and win stakes, right? Like look at Dosewell. He just won the Fort Lauderdale, but, but prior to that, he, you know, couldn't win a couple other stakes and he was running in allowance races. Sure. Um, you know, Chad Brown does have sacred life out there, but 
he's not a world beater, right? He, he. We saw him at Del Mar when he got beat by mm-hmm. Field Pass, who's also in this race. So and now, so Field Pass is good, right? Field so Pass I feel is, like you're saying on his best day, but he's right. very hit or miss. He's not like a oh, I always win races, right? I mean, he could run last. He's eight, and he he's be like eight for twenty three. He's pretty consistent, Michelle. Uh, eight for twenty-three is. I mean, what's what? What percentage is that? I don't know. I don't do. Percentage. I'm just saying. His let, let's go. His past performances are first, second, eighth, first, fourth, eighth, fourth, 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 first, third, third, you seventh. Had an extra fourth. Yeah, I see what you're okay. saying. Listen, here's what you're saying. It's a very good lineup. It's deep, but it's, it's not a, competitive a great field. But there's right. no world beaters in there. I hear you. All right. right? So we and, give hit the and, road and a hit chance. the road. You have a Grade One winner. Yep. Who likes to win lots of races, and there's no Mo Forza. And when, although to be fair, when Mo Forza went over to Pegasus, he got his head knocked in. Yep. All right. So great day of racing at Gulfstream on Saturday. What's uh, That's and thing now? Of note number two. <laughs> point number three is the NHC, which is super exciting. Um, Are you going? I'm not going. I'm going to go to Pegasus. Oh, that's right. You're going to Pegasus. Yeah. Dude, I heard you just talk about going to Florida. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. And I'm gonna. Can I? Can I? pitch a little can i do some home home cooking yeah there are i think 11 lrf partners little red feather partners that have qualified for the nhc how many of them qualified through and to through lrf uh contests um i think only a couple that's awesome yeah yeah uh, do you mind if i read their names no, I would love it. Greg Kingma, Joe Rosen, Josh Reams, Ben Posen, Jeff Vandry, uh, Siren Thornton, Patrick Grippo, uh, Gary Wright, Crescencio, uh, DeCayenne, and I always have trouble with Crescencio's name, uh, and <laughs> our own Gary Fenton, and our LRF Tour champion, Larry Goldman. All nice. qualified for the NHC, which I think is pretty cool. I think it's really neat. Our partners love, obviously, owning horses, and they love betting on them as well, and that's part of the game. So I love it. Um, it's it's yeah. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. I I have told them all to go make us proud, and uh, it should be a great event. I know uh, Crafty um, uh, Michelle Ravencraft is there, and and uh, she's got it all set up. <laughs> and uh, w- hopefully, uh, one of the LRFers will bring it home. That's my goal. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll be cheering them on. Okay. Cool. All right. So you wanted to get to George Russell. Yes, let's, All right, bl- let's please. do it. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our main man, George Russell. Adelphi Racing Club is a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being a part of something bigger than themselves. It's truly a community. All of the founding partners have owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates as well as on their own. So the overachieving goal with Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo partnership without the administrative hassle with the thrill of the group partnership experience. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, and other members of the team. Adelphi partners receive frequent multimedia content on their horses, including videos, photos, and partner-only podcast content, as well as premium on-track, off-track hospitality experiences. Adelphi has an exciting class of yearling prospects by horses such as Street Sense, Laubin, Frosted, and Taprit, and will be launching a brand new claiming and private purchase partnership. Oof, private purchase partnership in January. Oh, so that means it's just happening. Don't forget, if you want to join the club, you can log on to Adelphi Racing, A-D-E-L-P-H-I Racing.com, or you can hit up Matt, Matt at Adelphi Racing.com. We are back here on the Owner's Box, and we have a very special guest today. His name is George Russell. He's the owner of Papa Cap, amongst others. George, thanks so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Now, you and I talked a little bit before that it's a little chilly in Ocala because I'm headed there next week, so do I need to bring jackets or shorts and flip-flops? <laughs> well, maybe both. <laughs> it, 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 it is a little nippy right now, but it warms right back up, too. So you better be prepared for for either one. Oh, that means I have to bring a bigger suitcase. That's terrible. All right, George, let's get into this because we'll we'll get into your current horses and we'll get into the excitement of having a horse kind of on the derby trail soon. But take us back and tell us a little bit about how you got started in the horse racing industry and especially as an owner. All right. We, uh, well, I mean, as a kid or a young adult, I mean, we, me and my brother-in-law would, visit uh, the racetrack and didn't know much at all, but we enjoyed the horses as we always did. And 
we did our handicapping by going to the saddle and paddock and watch them getting saddled and walking around in the ring and then just uh, going out and warming up on the track. And then we would make our handicap. So we would, uh, from there, I had family. I was in the Fort Lauderdale area in Davie. And uh, I had family that was in the Ocala area, and we would come up and visit quite often. And me and my wife liked the area. It was a slower pace at that time. and Slow, and which, slow Cala, they call it. Well, well back then it was, but <laughs> it's not anymore. Not as so. bad. <laughs> okay. No. But, uh, you know, so we, we, we kind of thought that we would get someplace up here. And uh, to where, you know, three and a half hours, we could we could be here pretty much whenever we want and, and kind of uh, rejuvenate for uh, back back in the Fort Lauderdale area. So we looked and, and, and we actually come across this one place and uh, we had prepared a, an offer on it. And, of course, my wife stayed here and kept looking and they they've come across another place they like better so it's always the women isn't it i mean am i allowed to say that on the show michelle you like perfection what can i say (laughs) well in hindsight i'm glad i'm really glad that they did and and uh that's where we we wound up at a a better bigger farm and uh and at that time we we didn't have the intentions to to open it up uh uh, thoroughbred farm, but you know, we enjoyed it. So we said, okay, we'll give it a shot. And we had met some people in the business, uh, when we were up looking and, and, uh, but anyhow, so we bought the property in 87 and we, we went to, uh, one of our neighbors that was one of the originals in the Ocala area, Elmer Hubeck. And we bought four uh, yearling fillies from him to wow. to kind of see see how things went. And uh, <clears throat> from one of them, as new people generally do, they have they have unusual success. And, and one of the four turned out to be a stakes horse and uh, uh, won the I guarantee it stakes at Gulfstream. And so from there, we just we just kept going and uh, uh, we mainly our intent normally is to breed and um, raise them to the babies to yearlings and then take them to the sale and uh, and and hopefully get enough to sell them and that's our main focus and it still is today and you know, things happen you know horse <laughs> will come up with something at the time of the sale and and can't can't get them ready for it, so you'll scratch them out, and and you know for various odds and ends reason, those are the ones that we wind up with uh, in a, for our race uh, stable. And pop cap is a different story. Uh, we wait, George. George, hold George. on. I want to want to interrupt you real quick because I want to bring you back to the farm first before we get into pop a cap. Sure. So. You said you weren't thinking about um, having a, a thoroughbred farm necessarily when you bought it. So were you looking at buying a, a multiple acre place just for you and your wife to hang out on? <laughs> well, we were. Uh, I mean, I'm a country and uh, I like I like room and <laughs> acreage, you know. So we were definitely we, we much prefer that. And, you know, we were looking for acreage. Uh, we just weren't at the time looking for a, a thoroughbred operation. So, but you know, this the place that we wound up at is uh, it's a real a beautiful property, and it was kind of had some improvements on it. It was a, a thoroughbred farm at the time when we bought it, and we've just kind of added some acreage to it and and did some work and stuff and. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a real good environment, uh, at, at least from our perspective anyway. We'd, we can't think of anywhere we'd rather be, and 
and Ocala is a great area for various, from our perspective, for what we were looking for. And like we briefly mentioned, I mean, when we, 87, it was, there was a good bit of rural and, and it was, I would say back then it was slow Cala, but no more. All right. So wait, before, before we get into it, I know Michelle has some questions. Uh, We're with George Russell here on the owner's box. George, uh, like what what has changed in Ocala? You keep it went from slow Cala. I still now I live in Los Angeles and and part time in Lexington. So what uh, what has changed? Give us the the picture of Ocala now because there's still it's still pretty quiet there, my friend. Are you talking about some of those <laughs> dinner places? What what are you talking about? Well, I mean the, the people and the traffic and uh, I mean what's happened, I guess. It's a, everybody's wanting to be here. It's a, the central part of the state. You could get about anywhere within hours uh, around the state. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess that's a big part of it. And the weather here, you actually do have some seasonal change. <clears throat> so that's one. And then, you know, there's been some new attractions showing up. One is, the World Equestrian Center. Oh, that place. That's great. You Have you been there? That, Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, we were, that place is amazing. Uh, it's It'll be, I'm guessing it'll probably be under construction in the next four years. But, you know, I mean, they're started on their second hotel. And you're right. It's it's a just unbelievable, fantastic. And, and that's added an awful lot uh, of growth. But... I, if if I'm if memory serves me right, it seems like recently we're the fa the fifth fastest growing county in the nation. Wow. So, you know, in the traffic, well, you'll see when you, <laughs> when you come. <laughs> I'll down. be there next week. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I'll report George, back. I'm, yeah, George, I'm fascinated to know how you went from not not knowing if you wanted to have a thoroughbred place to to being as successful as you are, but. Can you tell me what the learning curve was like to all of a sudden have this large farm? It's over 100 acres, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, you, I mean, yeah. So having a large farm and then, like you said, you, you picked up a couple of yearlings from a neighbor. But what, what was that process like for people that, you know, weren't raised in the business? I feel like a lot of times when you're looking at horse racing, you think that it's, oh, you have to be raised in it to, you know, own a farm like this. And, and you and your wife seem to have started it ground up on your own. Yeah, well, we did. Uh, Certainly it was not in in any of our family. And we enjoyed, we always have liked the horses and enjoyed them. And so when I guess we were, our focus was on just buying some property to where we could get to within a couple hours at a slower pace. And we looked, we spent months and, and months looking and, and, you know, when we looked in the rural part of the town, we met an awful lot of horse people because there was a lot of them, a lot of farms. So in, in discussions with them and, and continuing to look, I guess we kind of we we still focused on the property and that was our main goal at the time and the place we wound up with it happened to be a, a small farm and and we one of the people that we met along the way we after we purchased the farm we made a deal with him and he became our farm manager so that i would sense. say that yeah, I would say that the our success has a, a great deal of the people that we have uh, associated with and worked with, and and guided us a, along the way. And you know, we've had plenty of missteps, and we learn from them and and try our best not to repeat them. So, to me, again, I think the. The people you surround yourself with, uh, that's the key. And that's obviously one of the keys to our success. And, uh, 
and even to this day. So we still, we have some long, long-term relationships with a lot of them and uh, still use them today and sure. and would recommend them to anybody. And, and you know, they, they've been a big part of, of where we are today. George, so. ironically <laughs> enough, that is precisely why um, I do the podcast with Michelle. I just surround right. myself with people who are much smarter and and more knowledgeable <laughs> and better than I am. So, well, my, that's 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 smart. Yeah. So I exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's let's get into it because the people really want to know the uh, Papa Cap story. So tell us all about this horse, uh, how you acquired him, and the, and the whole deal, and and then we'll talk about this uh, this interesting Derby trail we're on. <laughs> the. Uh... I mean, we we've been like say since '87, and we uh, breed and sell and watch our offspring and wish and anybody that purchases any of ours the best of luck. And obviously, the better they do, the better the farm does. So, uh, you know, and and we do we pay attention to all the racing and and the better racehorses and and been to the Derby quite a few times and to watch others and that we follow along the trail there. We were fortunate and unfortunate. One time we had one of ours that we had bred and sold that was entered in the Derby's going to run and came up with a stone bruise the day before. Oh yeah. And who scratched. was that? Who was that? Uh, that was El Kabir. So, oh yeah, I know. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, following the racing and all, and, and watching the Derby Trail, so we come across Gunrunner, and my wife was a big fan of Gunrunner, and and we, me and my friends were too, and and after uh, his last start, and and obviously the Pegasus, and he and he won that, and you know he just did so good, and. And had a long career, and my wife said, "I want to breed uh, uh, one of our mares to Gunrunner," and and of course that's what we'll do. And and the one of the it's Summerfield Sales is is Barbara and Francis Van Landen Dunk. There they guide us, and I told him we want to breed one of our mares. He he recommended uh, one in particular named Papa Scat. And uh, so, you know, we bred it and we got the foal that, that's now uh, Papa Cap. And, you know, you watch them out there in the fields, uh, and which is enjoyable. And, <laughs> and, and it's just, you know, they're all different. They're all unique. They all have their, their quirks and, uh, you know, but you just watch them and and kind of you make guesses and which whatever that's worth. But and we went on and and like I say, we our intent is to breed and sell the offspring. Sure. So he was no different. We uh, we raised him up and got him all prepped and sent him to uh, to Keeneland, and it just happened to be at the our bad time let's say that sure. i won't get into too much but the when we sent them there covid had just started and, yep. and it kind of backed things off and and you know he had activity at the barn but we didn't think enough or and barbara and francis said look he's not getting the the looks and the and the extra looks and stuff that they felt he's worth and what, what my wife really felt. So we scratched him out of the sale and, uh, you know, and that's George, can we ask what number you guys were thinking in your head for him? <laughs> it, Michelle, Michelle, there's it. a I theme. Don't, I Have... don't want to get in there, but he would have been a steal. Yeah. Michelle, <laughs> you know, Michelle, there's a theme. Have you noticed that George, when he talks, he tells a story and it's always his wife that is making the ultimate decision. Michelle, George is, is an extremely smart man. Happy Absolutely. wife, happy life. 
Absolutely. I mean, she's she's done really good so far. Look, <laughs> she married me. <laughs> right? So, I love it. Absolutely. So, okay, so you, you took him to Keeneland, and you decided not to sell him because he wasn't getting the attention that you wanted. And then did you were, you were going to sell, sell him as a two-year-old instead, right? That's correct. So we brought him back. By the way, he was him... a beautiful yearling. I've seen his photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... You know he's uh, he's a real deal so far. So he uh, come back. We give him about a month, and then we sent him to another friend, uh, Mark Cassie. And the plan was to to uh, let Mark get him fit and ready to go to a two year old training sale. So we would go over there at Mark's uh, training operation here in Ocala and watch him go and talk with Mark and his assistant trainers there. And, you know, he just progressed and progressed, and, and they weren't saying really much to us. And But a, a, one of our good friends, is, is Francis, was there. He would go all the time. So after he was developing, Mark thought we should scratch him out of the one cell and put him in the next one, give him more time to develop. So we say, fine, uh, whatever you think's best, and that's the, what we went with. And then they, he just progressed and progressed, and Mark finally told Francis that we need to. I need to talk with George. They unless they need to, they don't need to sell this horse. Wow. Mm. So so then Francis says. You better talk with Karen. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> which which is, is all true. And uh, and uh, so, you know, we were both over there, and, and Mark was talking to us and and just recommended, said, look, this, you don't know. You've been in the business long enough. You know how this goes. and But he's, he's really training good. He enjoys what he's doing, and and you know if 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 we don't need to he say let's let's just see what the horse could do so that was fine with us and uh other than that we wouldn't known this guy but you know he he looked good he looked like he was moving across the track really easy and, and you know i mean he looked he looked like like he had some potential and uh, of course mark Mark, in hindsight now, what we know is Mark was much more excited with this horse. <laughs> he just didn't want to. He didn't want to say it to us because you know anything could go wrong. But right. uh, he 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 had a plan, and he, before he ever started, and Mark said, "Okay, this is what we'll do. We'll we're going to go down the Gulfstream." He's Florida bred. <clears throat> you could go down, watch him, It'll start there, one start, and then come back here. We'll give him a little bit of time, and then we'll ship him. We'll go in this race, this race, this wow. race, Breeders' Cup. Wow. And, and I'm and I'm like, you know, I You're mean, like, we okay, Mark. We, I've been we through just, this before. <laughs> we like, just, you know, what yeah. couldn't believe didn't say nothing, but. You know, wow. And uh, well, he was no secret on debut. I'm looking at the chart right now from May 14th, 2021. Oh, he was even right. money at Gulfstream, and yeah. it looked like he won as easy as he could. And then, yeah. obviously, the plan came to fruition because your next start was all the way out in California in the Grade Two Best Pal. What? How did that? Yeah. Mark was like, I want to take him to California. What was your thoughts on that? Well, my, he again. Hey, my my thoughts are this. Even today. I'm not a trainer, and I have all the confidence in, in Mark, and uh, you know. So, so if he thought he wanted that, good. And his his motive, I guess, to go there was we knew the Breeders' Cup was going to sure. be there. Sure. And you know, so my my position and my wife's position has always been what we want is we want him to to try. And we want him to come out of the race healthy and happy. And, and that's our main goal. Of course, well, you want to win them all, but if he, if he tries 
and he comes out of race healthy and happy. We're satisfied with him, and you know, and and honestly, we there's no way would we have ever dreamed we would be in the position we're at, and much less uh, breeders. Maybe you always hope for it. But as owners, we would have never. Yeah, it was never on the radar. It's an so. amazing. It's an amazing story, though. And you've been in the game for so long to have a horse like this. Let me just recap it. He goes on to win the yeah. Best Pal. He runs fourth in the Grade One Delmar Futurity. He runs second in the American Pharaoh. Then he comes back in the in the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he runs second. Tell us a little bit about that day. Did you did you come out to Delmar for that? No. Yeah, we we. You've come to all his everyone. races, right? Yeah, we have, we've been at them all. So did you like Delmar? And, uh, Wait, George, let me stop you there. Delmar, <laughs> see, you got well, you got a little bit of Delmar summer from the best pal. But Michelle and I have a big argument normally: Delmar versus Saratoga. Which do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I don't want to get in that argument. Oh, you can. Get, no, that's why you're here. I gotta, I gotta I gotta, I, let me say this: we we didn't know what to expect at Delmar, and we we uh, actually it was just me and my wife went we wanted everything just like a low profile and i we told mark listen just get us two passes at will call and we're happy yeah so he said no you didn't now just will call we're so we go and pick up the passes at will call and my wife asked this guy sitting by the escalator going up and says where can we go with these passes he says go up the escalator and and on the right you'll talk with that lady she'll tell you so we go there and and we go up there and ask the lady excuse me uh yeah, no worries and my you know my wife says hey we got a horse running in a race here so but where can we go and the lady asked her what what race, what horse. <clears throat> and when she told her, the lady disappeared, went out and got one of the head ushers or something. And he come in and says, you guys are supposed to be upstairs in the, <laughs> in up the director's there. room. <clears throat> and we said, no, 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 no. We just want to see, you know, maybe a box or something that we could just watch a race. So but he took us there. And I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes later, he come back and says, this, this isn't right. You need to be up top there. And we said, we're happy right here. Right. And he says, okay, all right, I'll be back as soon as the race is over and take you to the winner's circle. <laughs> and I mean, and, and he, no sooner than the race was over, he was right there and <clears throat> took us right down. And, I mean, it was you, – you couldn't have wrote a better script, but – that's the amazing. people there and the track, the, everything, everything was was really really great at Del Mar. I mean, that's awesome. Couldn't have been that's good better. to hear. Couldn't have been better. Well, you give him so, a little break and you bring him back in the Lecomte, and he runs third the other day. Michelle and I have just talked about that earlier on our show that you haven't been privy to yet. But um, you know, I thought he ran a really good race, and and. You want something to build off. Obviously, you've already said it. You want to win every race, but you're on this trail now, and you just want this kind of improvement, right? Because you're not you're not aiming to win the Lecomte. You're aiming to win the Kentucky Derby. Exactly right. I mean, that's look again. Yeah, you would love to win every race, but after the race is over, we we got exact almost everything we wanted. He come out of the race <laughs> great and happy. And look, he's clearly not as not as fit as Epicenter was. Sure. And he ran a big race, and you know he he was kind of hemmed in on the rail there a little while. But once he come out, he made a move, and he just flattened out, got a little tired there at the wire. And I mean, between us and Epicenter, the race was set up perfect for the closer. Yep. And but you know, at the end, at the race is over, and you know, congratulations to the winner for sure. And and but we're we're happy, and you know, and and we expect that his he'll improve off of that race, and definitely the 
our focus is is mainly on the derby and uh you know we've got a couple more couple more jumps to get through to to head on in there but you know again he he certainly tried he shows up at every one of his races and you know runs runs good and we haven't avoided anybody, you know. No, no, absolutely. Kind of, you guys are taking on the challengers. I like it. I have yeah. to throw in one thing because I'd be remiss. I'm very good friends right. with Matt Nakatani, and I became good friends with Joe Bravo. So right. I'm just going to throw this at you, and you don't have to answer it, but I think they'd like to <laughs> stay Don't aboard. answer it. Don't Please. answer it. So don't answer it. You don't have to say anything. I'm just throwing that out because I'd feel badly if I didn't. Okay. <laughs> but Joe's a good man and, a, and obviously a good yeah. rider. Yeah. Michelle. Uh, George, so you guys had a great 2021, not only Papa Cap, but I know you had a successful uh, Florida Cup day with four Russellwood Farm uh, breads winning. And obviously your your biggest goal is to breed really great horses. And I think you've done that. As the former president of the uh, Florida Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders Association and being a guest on here, we always like to get some advice from our guests to the people out there listening that want to get into horse ownership, what kind of advice can you impart on our listeners? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, you need to, you definitely need to go Florida bread. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a given. If you're in Florida, <laughs> no matter where, you all know, right. just come to the cell, get a Florida bread. I, I, look, I mean, it depends on what in my, for me. It depends on what your goals are, what you want to do. But, you know, if you're looking to, for racing, uh, never been in that, you know, I mean, it'd be my recommendation is, is get kind of hooked up with a good trainer and you'd be better off to claim one. And the reason I say that is because you, get kind of your your instant in the game sure. so it's not you're not buying them training them giving them spending money and doing all so you make a, a purchase and right then you know within a month you're back racing so you'll you'll learn an awful lot by doing that on the racing aspect of it and uh you know once you once you kind of get some education through that, if that's what you like, you know, you could do the two-year-old and uh, purchase and then race. And, and you know, the worst is, or the longest prospect is you're buying a yearling mm -hmm. and, and give them a little time. And then yep. you start breaking them in all. And, you, you know, the risk, uh, the the numbers, uh, you know, the number of foals a year, the number that go through training, the number that actually go to the track, and then the number that wins. So you start looking at all those statistics, mm -hmm. and I think the the least risky for somebody new would be, like I said, get a trainer, claim a horse, and within a month you're you're running, you're getting some excitement, and maybe you win. And uh and that's that's the that's, what that's you need. the goal. You need winners. I like it. Cut your like teeth it. on cleaning. I like it. I like it. I have one last question, George. I know we've we've sure. probably gone over our allotted time. I know you're very uh -huh. busy, but um, have have you received any offers for Papa Cat? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Look, he laughs. You know when when you when you come up with a horse like that, there's no sh no shortage of offers. And look, uh, the I would say that the offers have been well received. It's just, you know, had had this occurred earlier for us, uh, we would have probably made a, a deal and sold them. But, you know, we're at the point in our life and, you know, the money would be great, 
but you know, there's there's more to it. And, yeah, I understand. Uh, I understand. I'll call you. Yeah, I'm going to call you later today, and I'll try to get a, a minority percentage. So don't worry about it. <laughs> just don't sell them yet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you got to make and sure look, Billy Billy's not allowed to talk. That's the that's yeah. The key. I'll be quiet, George. You know, I promise, and I'll give you lots uh, of room, lots of space. You know, I'll only that, deal with your wife. Yeah. Well, that's one, but. I think she's be tougher than I am now. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's uh, he's really give her a lot of lot of enjoyment, and I mean, she's really emotional. Just reads an, a good article about him, and and she'll get emotional. Oh, that's so, great. That's what it's, you know, that's which, what this business is all about. Having well, these kind of uh, horses. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's about. That's why we do it. And I think your story is very yeah. inspiring. And I think it's. Uh, I think it's really, really good. I think, uh, and we appreciate your time. We wish you the best of oh, luck yeah. with Papa Cap and on his way to the Derby. And, and we'll be certainly on the lookout for you. Michelle and I tend to travel to those races. So I'd love to come over and shake your hand and maybe buy you. Uh, I'm sure you don't drink because you said you're country. So probably don't don't drink any bourbon. What do you mean? That means whiskey. he makes his own bourbon in the yeah, backyard. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, George. We really appreciate the time. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That's George Russell here on the Owner's Box. We'll be right back after this. Looking for a good stallion in 2022 for your mare? How about Well, this? yes, I am. I knew you always are, Michelle. But how about this roster at TaylorMade Stallions? Are you ready for this, Michelle? I'm ready. Instagram. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Instilled Regard, grade one winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Storm, one of our favorite horses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Michawish. Uh, not this time. Who every time I look up, it seems like not this time as a win. Do you agree with that? Yes. He's the, he's the leading second epicenter this week uh, in a stake on right. Sunday at the fairgrounds. And how about new to Taylor Made in 2022? They have Nick's Go. All he did was win the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably be Horse of the Year. And I think this is one of your favorite horses, Tacitus. Remember Tacitus? Oh, Tacitus. Yes, you love Tacitus. <laughs> this is all at TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White today and get your mare to TaylorMade. All right, we're back. Michelle, I felt bad for George because he talked so much he needed water at the end. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Karen was elbowing him in the room. You know what? The greatest part about that is you know Karen was sitting right there because what you guys don't know who are listening is they popped accidentally popped back on after he George had hung up. He like didn't hang up and all of a sudden Karen was on the phone. <laughs> Sounds that. like my perfect. This is like my relationship in the future. Yeah, where you just basically do everything and tell George <laughs> what to tell tell your man what to do. I like it. Um, it was cool though. You know, it's nice to get those kind of stories, and especially stories that here's a guy who's been in the game for a long, long time. Obviously, he talked about buying his farm in '86. Michelle, is that right? Uh, '87. '87. And so you know they and they breed to sell. Okay. Period. They're not looking to keep horses. And in fact, Papa Cap was there to sell. I mean, he went to the yearling sale. So you can't say like, oh, they just kept this one because they knew he was going to be a good one. Now, maybe they made that decision at the two-year-old sales, but that's not their... I was a little, you know, he sent it to Mark Cassie to train to the two-year-old sales. You'd usually send it to an Eddie Woods or an Al Brennan or a Tom McCrocklin mm-hmm. or someone like that. So that was a little interesting, but it kind of felt like, hey, we were going to keep this horse anyway. Did you kind of get that feeling? Well, so Mark Cassie's place is actually right around the corner from Russellwood, and I did read that they wanted to keep it where they could uh, visit frequently. Right. Well, it seems like they're very involved, and and as they should be. And I just – we had a lot of people on the Derby Trail last year on our show, Michelle, and it's just nice to get a a couple like this, and it it gives you a rooting interest. Like, you definitely – I was not a Papa Cap fan before today. You know what I mean? Really? And yeah. I just never, yeah, just didn't, you know, he didn't get my pulse racing, but I am now. Okay. So that's what happens, right? You, you kind of just fall in love with the people. Well, it's funny because it, Michelle, we talked about this ad nauseum on our show. And when we started our show, I think it's like seven years ago now, the, the premise was to give owners a voice and bec- that's what we wanted to do. We said that right away. And, and in doing so, it's a whole new rooting interest because it's not Mark Cassie's horse. It's the Russells. 
And now mm-hmm. we kind of know them and now they can be out there and people will listen to this podcast and they're going to tweet about them. And it's just a nice to get their voices out there. And that's why I appreciate it. So great get on George Russell. Great idea. I don't know if it was my idea or your idea, but I'm going to give you the credit. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. No worries. Um, all right. What do we have coming up at Santa Anita this weekend, Michelle? It's kind of, it seems quiet. Like, is it quiet? Yeah. Well, no, it's not actually, it's, it's going to be super fun. If you're in the, um, in the vicinity, I highly recommend coming. It's probably one of the most popular days of the entire oh, meet. It's the California that? wine festival. The ca- the Catalina wine mixer? Ca- California wine festival. Oh, the California. Have you been drinking, Billy? No, that's, didn't you see okay. Step Brothers? Catalina no, wine I mixer. Okay. No. Okay. You've so never the seen Step Brothers? No, but, but by the way, if you go on to SantaAnita.com and head over to the calendar and you click on the event, there's a 25% off coupon. Oh, nice. Um, so, you know, you get to watch the Pegasus on the big screen. Then you get to be there for live racing. We have derby preps. And the starter packs start at 35 bucks. But, again, you can get that 25% off coupon. And that includes tastings, wine glasses, a betting voucher, parking, tip sheet, everything. Um, and then you can go up from there and you can add all kinds of different thingies to your uh, package, but highly recommend. It is seriously a super fun day. The weather should be great, and people dress up and they come out. And we have really great um, Are you local. Up? I dress up every weekend, don't I? Yeah, you do. Eh, not really. You're right. I don't. Maybe <laughs> I don't. Um, I mean, I wear a dress. It's just not maybe a fancy dress. Can't you get also... a Can't you get a sponsor for when you, or is it just Santa Anita when you make your picks and you take that picture of yourself? Oh, sure. I could get a sponsor for that. I think you should. For my picks, yeah. yeah. Michelle's picks, sponsored by Michelle's the owner's my box. Post picks. <laughs> I like it. Um, also, it is the because it is the Pegasus, we're going to have a Pegasus challenge. So $1,500 for the betting challenge there. And stakes races, we have the Palos Verdes, the San Vicente, and the Megahertz all on Saturday. And then for Sunday, we have the San Marcos, the Lady of Shamrock, and the Baffle. Well, that's a big weekend. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> speaking of megahertz, I actually talked to Mike Bello the other day, owner of megahertz. I, oh, yeah. I don't think he's been on our show. No, I don't, he has not for sure. Yeah, I need to get him because I think he'd be a great guest to talk about Frankel and megahertz, and um, he'd be good, good, good guy. So we'll let's put him on the list. Okay, sounds right. good. Owner's box is part of the In the Money Media network. Network. Yeah, I always mess that up, but it is network. Uh, If you have any questions about ownership, uh, I'm Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. You could also tweet the show at OwnAHorse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. And um, really thanks to everybody who's listened and and gives us uh, advice and and thoughts and and, uh, suggestions. And uh, we appreciate all of you, and I especially appreciate Michelle. I appreciate you too. Hey, are you watching Ozark? No, no, I haven't. Did you see okay. Fashion yes, Business? Ozark, but no, I have not seen the new Ozark. Did you see? Okay, season four, the new one, episode uh-huh. four, they have Fashion Business winning the Del Mar Handicap on the show. Awesome. Like a close-up. Okay. <laughs> a close-up. I'm not kidding. It's crazy. Let's, can we hit up Aftercare Corner? What's Fashion Business doing? Fashion Business is a, a hunter jumper now in Tennessee. And uh, yes, he's doing really, really well. Um, he was adopted, I think, a, a couple years ago, and they just love him. And he's doing fantastically well. Good, I'm yeah. glad. And we can even maybe I can find a picture of him and I'll send it to you. Perfect. All right. I love. It. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another fun-filled edition of the Owner's Box. You didn't say bye. your bye. Oh, you were you. I've... You didn't say your bye thing. I like when you do that. I was drinking my water. Okay, let me I'm going to do it again, but it's okay. still live. Thank you for listening to the Owners Box. Bye. Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>